0: Pray, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We welcome you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Lead us, speak to us, teach us, give us an uh, even stronger desire and the grace to follow you. Amen. Um, Did a little survey at the earlier service. I got the congregation to try and speculate and guess how many times I've used these words. In the name of Jesus, amen. Quite a few. How many times have you used those words? In the name of Jesus, amen. Maybe some of us have used those words pretty much every day of our lives when we've been praying out and crying out in faith. In the name of Jesus, amen. As I was preparing, I've got this daily devotion book. And you can end prayers in all sorts of different ways, but nearly everyone I was flicking through. In the name of Jesus, amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. In the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Maybe our greatest danger is ignoring Jesus and his power there's a danger also of becoming maybe over familiar and unthinking it's not an excuse for us to be childish but God invites us to be childlike and trusting when we take the name of Jesus to our lips I uh, found this slightly unusual story. You might be able, mums, to see yourself there, but imagine uh, you're a mum of a three year old child going to the supermarket, and before you go in and put the child into the trolley, uh, you give some very important instructions. Um, please, whatever you do, don't ask for chocolate chip cookies. Well, she gets into the store. And go, so we have them in the co op, don't they? You go past the biscuit thing, and they normally have a bit of a whiff, well, sight and smell of the cookies. The, the child cries out, I want a chocolate chip cookie. Quite calm at this point. Um, but mum says, I've told you, the answer is no tries a little bit later, again and again, the the mum's getting more and more agitated. I've told you this before, the answer, people are watching, the answer is, how do you do a no when everyone else is watching? The answer's no. Anyway, get all the way uh, to the checkout, and the child is a bit confused. This is quite desperate now. He knows they're heading outside, so he stands up in the buggy, and shouts, in the name of Jesus, I would like a chocolate chip cookie. At that point, some people laugh and others feel compassion. I think they left the store with 23 packets of chocolate chip cookies. Alison, my wife, as you know, she's... um, a teacher, she's a head teacher at um, a Church of England primary school, and um, uh, she does lots of nice things. But one of the things that she does, she's the last port of core when things have gone a little bit pear-shaped. So it might get escalated up the system. This is a Church of England school, and they know a little bit about Jesus. And what they also know is the appropriate ways of using the name of Jesus, and there's other ways that lots of grown-ups do that are not very appropriate at all. And this behaviour is learnt. So one little boy, I think it was last week, used the name of Jesus not in prayer, I think it was more of a curse and this gets escalated up the system and Alison's got a very good way of looking very disappointed in people. Um, But um, I think I want to say, there's power in the name of Jesus and there's power in the blessing and there's also power in our cursing and our demeaning of the name of Jesus Christ. God loves it. When we're persistent in prayer, Jesus literally means Yahweh is salvation or God saves. Using the name of Jesus isn't an empty mantra. Uh, We don't use the name of Jesus to manipulate God to our will. Um, At its best, it's an expression of relationship, an expression of humility and trust and healthy dependence on the living God. We make the outcome Jesus' responsibility and not ours. When we speak um, or use or act in the name of Jesus, it's like we take on his authority. We become his ambassadors. We become his lips to speak God's goodness and life into others. Our prayers go straight to the throne of God the Father. I'm confused by any theology or church practice that would pray to anyone else rather than Jesus. Why would you go to the middleman when you can go straight to the throne of grace? We make the outcome God's. There's power in the name of Jesus when we pray in faith and are mindful of his purposes. We use the name of Jesus in prayer ministry to ask for healing, for comfort, for peace. I've calmly used the name of Jesus, authoritatively used the name of Jesus when praying for people with spiritual affliction. It's modelled to us in the Bible. Now the background of today's passage, um, as has already been hinted, is the healing of a, uh, a beggar, crippled from birth, who used to sit at the temple gate and uh, I imagine cry out for mercy, but cry out for money because he had no way of providing for himself. This week, I... I hate this passage because <laughs> it confronts me every time. I walked past a beggar because I was busy doing something else. I imagine lots of people walk past this beggar. Some would have given him money. And I'm going to raise a question about that. Giving money in this situation... Probably kept um, this person in the right pecking order in the food chain, if you like, completely bottom of the pile. You'd have thought uh, when people walked past, they would have had compassion. You'd have thought that uh, when the apostles healed him, they would have been pleased. The apostles had no money. And they went, one better, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now there's a mixed response. and um, The Sadducees, which were the Jewish aristocrats, um, they'd been given some authority by the Romans and had some control, uh, power economically, socially, politically and spiritually. Um, but um, they would have been threatened by what was going on here. The central focus of this passage is Jesus, his name, his authority and the disciples wanted to exercise and minister in his name. They use the name of Jesus and as they do so it shook the fabric of society, the established structures The Pharisees and and the Sadducees have a slightly different view on um, some of the theology. But those with much to lose wanted to silence and constrain Peter and John. Others with much to gain embrace this new teaching with life-transforming results. just want to pause for a moment. Um, Whilst the name of Jesus is... um, really important, I'm going to focus on that. Um, Behind all this is the question of resurrection and what we believe about resurrection. Maybe it's not actually what we believe about it. Um, It's a more fundamental question, did it happen or not? Because if it didn't happen, their faith and our faith is futile If it has happened as I believe, it's absolutely transforming. And that was the key thing when coming to faith that transformed my life. And when I get the opportunity, any opportunity, to be able to preach about resurrection, I do. It's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, As you might know, I mean, I, with many others, if there is no resurrection, there is minimal resurrection. Hope, we only have hope for this life and the Bible teaches we're to be pitied more than most. The Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. Luke 20, 27 to 40 teaches this and they tried to catch Jesus out on the subject. Not all religious authorities shared this view The Pharisees, with all their faults and legalism, and there's a bit reserved in Scripture um, to call them to account, they actually did believe in resurrection. When Jesus um, spoke and said, God is not God of the the Sadducees, when Jesus said these words, God is not the God of the dead but the living, um, they applauded him. The Sadducees, on the other hand, framed resurrection as a fanciful notion and if true uh, they'd have had to would have loosened their grip and control within the religious and the wider community we read in the scripture that the priests the captain of the temple guard and the sadducees up, ganged up on peter and john and got them arrested and thrown into prison They went before the Sanhedrin, which is the supreme court and ruling body of the Jews. And Peter and John were to appear before them and give an account and justify what they were doing. They asked them uh, a particular question that I'm going to come to in a few moments. But it seems as though they had four problems. (laughs) There's probably a lot more. or four things that probably got under their skin. Firstly, Peter and John's teaching then Peter and John's following, then the healing itself and also the source of their power. So the problem of their teaching. Uh, Acts 4.3, they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were proclaiming Jesus' resurrection. Resurrection was far too radical for them. In their mind, impossible and certainly laughable. If you believe the resurrection to be true, it has life-transforming effects. I've already shared on this. That was probably the, the last little bit that I needed to get to grips with in order to give my life fully to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you haven't made that step yet, I encourage you, to find out more and do so. The problem of their growing following. Acts 4 4. Um, the converts grew to about 5,000 men. Um, we know that women are far more faithful than men, so there's probably a lot of those as well. And um, I suspect they had a lot of children in those days too. So there was a lot of people in the following. That's a bit confusing for Sadducees that um, are used to having a bit more control. The problem third, the problem of the healing itself. Acts 3.10, the people were filled with uh, wonder and amazement about what had happened. and None of them had been able to or thought that what this beggar needed was healing. Interesting, isn't it? I'm not sure that he was even crying out for healing. Sometimes what we ask for isn't necessarily what we most need. Yes, he did need food on the table, but they gave him so much more that transformed his life. It's a shame that others couldn't celebrate with him and then fourthly the problem of the source of their power acts 4 7 by what power did you do this the answer is jesus in his name with his authority they had rejected his teaching and crucified him the last thing they were wanting or looking for was him to reappear and folks to be enthusiastically doing what he showed them how to do. So Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified but God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. And although healing is important, salvation is the goal. This healing and their teaching were merely signposts to relationship with Jesus. Jesus, the name that brings resurrection and life and healing and hope, not just for this life but for the life to come. The stone the builders rejected had become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to humans by which we must be saved. No one else, no other name could do this. Salvation comes only through Jesus. i 'm going to i did a you can do this for yourself I did a, a search on my computer. You can get the Bible online, but just plug in in the name of Jesus and see how many references there are to that or to jesus 's name and i I think the scripture just has power as you read it so i 'm going to go through the Acts of the Apostles and stop just beyond and there 's more references and the gospels too so In Acts 2.38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts 3.6 Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. What prayer do you want to proclaim over another in compassion? Acts 3, 15 and 16. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We're witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It's in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that he's been completely healed, as you can all see. Acts 4.12. Salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given to humans by which we must be saved the gospels mark 6:17 and they'll be signed and these signs will be accompanied by those accompanied uh, those who believe in my name they'll drive out demons they'll speak in new tongues luke, luke 10, 10:17 the 72 returned with joy and said lord even the demons submit to us in your name john 14:13 And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father will be glorified in the Son. I'll give you a little pause there just to reflect. There's more to come. How do you use the name of Jesus? Other New Testament teaching. Romans 10.13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Therefore God exalted him Jesus to the highest place and gave him the name above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Colossians 3.17 And whatever you do in word or deed Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And one more for now. James 5.14. Is anyone among you ill? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Next week we're going to have a reading um, and we're going to hear that the Sadducees and others prevented or tried to silence Peter and John from using the name of Jesus. And uh, praise God, they ignored that instruction. Sometimes we don't even have to be silenced to not use the name of Jesus. We just maybe don't always think to. I know lots of us do in our prayers. But equally, if we were banned from using the name of Jesus, I hope and pray that I might have the courage that comes through the Spirit to ignore that instruction too. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved so in conclusion jesus is central to the church jesus is the head of the church jesus is the capstone the foundation the good shepherd in every aspect he is the one in which we live and breathe and have our being Jesus claims to be the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth and the life, the only way to the Father. Jesus is central to theirs and our proclamation of the gospel. Jesus was central to their and our ministry. Jesus was central and is central to our relationship with God through prayer, through worship, through fellowship. Peter and John would rather go to prison than stop using the name of Jesus and be known as his disciples, his followers. All his disciples, bar John, I believe, would die for proclaiming that Jesus was their crucified, risen Lord. Jesus, we call out your name. Meet us. With power and compassion this day.